This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Brewers on Tap. on tap the official podcast of the milwaukee brewers i'm lane griddle and this is episode number 42 coming up on this edition of the podcast we're going to talk with new brewer kirk neuenheis and we're going to check in on left-handed pitching prospect josh Hader, who is currently with the biloxi shuckers plus the brewers have completed road trip number one they went three and five against the cardinals pirates and twins taking a single game from each club over those eight contests so more on that in just a moment but first and now this week in brewers history april 20th 1987 the brewers jump out to a 13-0 start tying a major league record as they tie the american league record as well by posting a 17-1 mark in 87 through their first 18 games the furthest into a season with just one loss well as we told you the crew was able to get the middle game of their three-game series versus the cardinals last wednesday in st louis it was a game that included late-inning heroics from Domingo Santana. Neuenheis a couple of steps at first, swinging a drive to center and deep. Get up! Get out of here! Gone for Santana! And the Brewers have the lead on a booming home run by Domingo Santana with Neuenheis aboard, and he hit it out of here in deep right center. Wow, what a shot by Santana. Another Wisconsin lottery powerball home run. It ended a 6-4 victory for the good guys and was followed with a 7-0 shutout loss in the series finale against the Cardinals. From there, the Brewers headed east to Pittsburgh where Ryan Braun would put on a show in the series opener with now one. Here it is with the runner going, a swing and a drive in the center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here! And way gone for Ryan Braun. And the Brewers add two more on a huge home run by Ryan Braun. I mean, that one was really hit, folks. But two. Braun winning, and the pitch to him. Swinging a drive in the center. Way back. Get up! Get out of here! It is gone for Ryan Braun! And he just hit another one! How about that one? And what a night for Ryan Braun! It's his third hit in the game, his second home run, another two-run shot! Out of here in center field! An 8-4 win on Jackie Robinson Day, no less, 
put the crew back at 500 on the season at that point at 5 and 5. Pirates claim the next two games in the series though with 5 to nothing and 9 to 3 wins over the next two days. The road trip finished up in Minnesota and it was a late Monday night before a rain delay of 2 hours and 6 minutes ended game 1 after the 6th inning before the crew pulled out a 6 to 5 win in the final game of the road trip. Scooter Jeanette singled home Yadiel Rivera to score the winning run. Coming back home to Miller Park, a couple of Brewers are really playing well, including Ryan Braun. He's hitting 319 with three home runs and 10 RBI early on this season, an OPS of 938 for Brawny. Chris Carter's also hitting 244 with three home runs and 10 driven in, an OPS of 894, and Scooter Jeanette actually has the highest OPS of all the Brewers with an OPS of 943. A lot of new Brewers this year, and one of the names in the outfield is Kirk Neuenheis. Let's catch up with the crew. Kirk Neuenheis, our guest here on the podcast. And Kirk, first off, you know, welcome to the Brewers. This has been uh, you know, quite a last six weeks or so for you getting yourself in position to make this team and then being a part of this team, obviously, uh, to start the 2016 season. What's the journey been like? Um, so it's been a little bit different, um, you know, spring-wise for me. This is my first spring with a different team other than the Mets. Um, first Arizona spring training, so it was a lot different for my wife and I, but uh, definitely better. I think, um, you know, I, I like being in Arizona a lot more, that's for <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, I have quite, a, quite the travel you do out in Florida, but uh, no, it's a great group of guys, and I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, we got a great group of guys, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun this year. You know, you obviously were part of the, the Mets a year ago. You, you were able to make the postseason roster, get some postseason at-bats. How, how did that experience, you know, help you just in terms of being on the big stage moving forward? Well, it was incredible. I think, uh, you know, that's something that you don't really trade for, for anything. And um, it's kind of being in the situation that you've always dreamed about um, as a young kid. And I, you know, I didn't get a ton of at-bats, a ton of playing time. But at the same time, just being there and, and uh, being a part of it. Um, was a really special experience and, and something that I think um, will help me, you know, throughout my career. And I think that, um, you know, it really, you know, on that stage, it really magnifies every little detail about the game. But at the same time, it's, it's um, you know, a little bit freeing in the sense that, you know, this is what you've been working for your whole life. And, you know, it's right in front of you. So it's a lot of fun. Throughout spring, you're able to get a lot of at-bats. How, how important is that to get into a rhythm and, and, and get those opportunities? Well, it was great to get um, you know that many at-bats. I, I am used to getting that many at-bats in spring just um, you know, the past few years. Um, it's just kind of worked out that way. But you know, the spring was a little bit different. I, I didn't feel like I got into uh, the rhythm that I wanted to get into. But um, you know, it's not really because of lack of at-bats. It's... Um, it was just more feeling stuff out in my swing, stuff like that. Um, so I know I'm looking forward to getting more and um, getting back to work. Do you feel like, you know, as, as, as you now a part of this club, it's a younger group, do you feel like there's a good energy, an energy that, you know, is really connected and, and gives you guys a chance to overachieve a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, the team chemistry in here is really, really good, and I think that, um, if it wasn't, it, it could be a bad situation. Um, but being the way that it is um, with this group of guys, I think we got a, a really good chance of, um, you know, I guess overachieving could be the word. But, 
you know, for us as a group of competitors, I think that, you know, we set the bar pretty high for ourselves. You getting the chance to work with Darnell Coles, what, what has he brought to the table for you and your approach? Well, he's he's definitely not going to be outworked by, you know, anybody else. And so I think that is kind of um, that's kind of a uh, inspiration for us as hitters just to to keep at it and, and really to grind it out. And, um, you know, it's a long season, so you can't be too hard on yourself. And, and Darnell does a good job of not letting you do that. Um, sometimes as, you know, as competitors and, and playing a tough game that we play and, and asking being asked to do a job that's not easy, you know, hitting's not easy. So, um, you know, with all that in mind, it's easy to get down on yourself. Uh, it's easy to doubt yourself a lot. Um, and he does a good job of not letting you do that. You you were part of a bunch of guys that were battling for those spots in the outfield. How much did that competition, you know, was it difficult at times, or was it one of those things where it really made you get excited about getting getting up and getting into the complex early down in Phoenix? Well, I think that, um, you know, pretty much anybody in this spot, well, I, I shouldn't say that, um, I think most of us in here are, are competitors by nature, and we want to win. Um, that being said, I think that um, I've been in a lot of different situations in spring in spring training. I think this is probably my seventh or eighth big league camp, um, and I've been, you know, the assumed starter. I've been the assumed, you know, going to double A guy, going to triple A guy. I've been assumed, you know, bench spot. I've been. Um, on the bubble of roster uh, plenty of times so I feel like I've been in, in um, most situations that you can be in as, as a player um, so I was kind of used to it um, but uh, you, you really have to focus on it, it's a double-edged sword because you have to focus on getting ready for for a season but you also have to you know win a spot on the team um, so I think that you know the competitor definitely comes out in you um, in those situations, so uh, it's not quite as easy going as a spring as um, you know some of the other guys, but uh, uh, it's still a lot of fun. You're new to the Brewers this year, so fans still getting kind of familiar with you. Tell them something about yourself they may not know right now. There's probably <laughs> plenty, but what do you want to share? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I grew up in you know a lot of different states. I moved around quite a bit growing up, so um, I'm not too familiar with this part of the country but um definitely looking forward to getting used to it and um, hopefully be here for a long time what are some of your hobbies things you like to do when you're not playing baseball i like golfing um i live in seattle in the off season which doesn't sound like a great golfing destination but um most of the time i get quite a few rounds in um in the off season so um definitely enjoy golf you know right now it's way too cold for that up here but um yeah, during the season it's a little bit different too. Um, can't get quite in as uh, as much as I would like, but um, no, that's that's something about me. Kirk, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Welcome to the Brewers. Thank you. Appreciate it. Let's get in the classroom with Sabermetrics 101. On this edition of the podcast, we look at ISO, which essentially is a formula to determine how much power a player has in his bat. It's different than slugging percentage and batting average in that someone that hits three singles in ten at-bats has an identical batting average and slugging percentage. However, they would have a worse ISO than someone that has one home run in ten at-bats and no other hits. The formula is like this. Doubles 
plus two times triples plus three times home runs divided by at bats. Or maybe a little bit more simply put, it's slugging percentage minus average. It's a great tool to determine a player's power, but it, like so many other sabermetrics terms we discuss on here, shouldn't be used exclusively. To use a Brewer as an example, though, Chris Carter has tremendous power, as we all know. And his ISO this season is 317. Anything above 250 is excellent, according to Fangraphs.com. We talk about prospects all the time on this podcast, and one of the best is a left-hander currently in Biloxi. Checking in on the farm. Josh Hader is our guest on the podcast. Josh, you're one of the top prospects in this system right now, uh, specifically on the mound. You're kind of climbing that ladder, getting close. Can you feel it that, that now you're starting to you're gonna start in Double A? You're getting closer and closer to that that big league call up someday. Um, you know, you you hope for it. Um, definitely see it, see it's sort of right right around the corner. Um, but you just, you kind of let that put that in the back of your mind. Don't even really think about that. And uh, you know, continue on to what I've been doing. You got the opportunity to get some innings on the big league side this spring, and you had good results. Obviously, specifically your start against the Diamondbacks over in Talking Stick. What did you take from those experiences, and how can you grow as a pitcher having been through those things now? Um, you know, I took a lot out of it um, from the Royals game when I pitched there. Um, you learn how these great hitters approach the game and approach on their bats. They have uh, one one thing in mind, and then they hit your mistakes. They don't they don't miss them. Um, so you know it, it helped me out learn how to pitch a um, pitch accordingly to um, my strengths and um, being able to I guess work work the big league hitters. So that was one of the biggest things that I learned. What do you think makes you tough on hitters? I definitely have to say the deception and uh, and my fastball. That's uh, it's you know it's tough to see, um, especially from facing a lefty. Uh, I mean, I hear from Phillips and all that that it's it's tough to see because it looks like the ball is coming from their backside. So you know that's that's one of the biggest things with my delivery is the deception. You were a part of the Gomez trade, and you know we always talk about guys at the big league level when they get traded and what that's like. What's it like as a prospect, as a minor league guy, getting traded in the middle of a season? Oh, uh, it's nice. You know, it's uh, it. It makes you uh, it makes you kind of happy that other teams are interested in you. Um, you know, when I got traded from the Orioles to Houston, it was uh, it was a big thing because you know you, you have the opportunity. Uh, when I was with Houston, they were rebuilding; they were in that process. So it was uh, it was nice that they wanted they wanted you in that in that rebuild. So when I when we came when Phillips and Hauser and I came over here, it was uh, you know it was the same same opportunity. But right now we're uh, we're not as young, so. Uh, Opportunities is right there, so and it, it, you just you gotta take it and run with it. Was it easier coming over with a couple of guys that you were familiar with too? Um, yeah, it makes it a little bit easier, obviously, because you know them guys, so you're not you're not just alone. But you know, I like to, I like to make new friends and uh, meet new people, so it's uh, it's nice, you know, to have them too. So kind of get to know everybody with them. You, uh, in your downtime, what are the things that Josh Hader likes to do? Uh, I like to go fishing a lot, um, hunting in the off-season, obviously, because you can't do that during the season. Um, and, you know, just hang out, hang out and listen to music and 
Most most of the time, it's try and fish as much as I can. What do you fish for? Uh, bass. When I went down to Texas, we did a little saltwater fishing, so that was a nice first time to do that. Uh, we got we got some fly on a red drum, uh, a little bit of everything. You know, it seems to be a theme. A lot of guys like to fish in their downtime. Uh, I mean, do you guys all get together and uh, plan some trips together from a fishing standpoint? Um, I mean, I go fishing with a couple guys off the team. Um, you know, kind of just it's just relaxing. It's, I mean, you can't beat nature and just you know just sitting out there after a long day or well, right now it's after a long day, but before in the season it's normally in the morning so it's a good way to start off your day you know watch the sunrise and just hear the, i mean the birds chirping and all that stuff so it's it's nice it's just uh it's just a relaxing thing to do what do you like to hunt uh deer deer uh duck and uh you know we uh some goose because uh from maryland so big big goose Josh Haters, our guest here on the podcast. Josh, um, wh- who are some of the people that you draw your inspiration from when you're getting ready to take them out? Um, definitely my father and my mother. You know, my, my family in general. Um, you know, just all the support that they've had uh, with me growing up, and uh, you know, it's been it's been nice, and it's 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 nice because I, I do this for them and and all all the people that support me. So you know, I just go out there and give it my all, and then let it take from there. Josh, appreciate it. Thank you. Josh Haters had a great start to the season, just one earned run in 13 innings pitched with 19 strikeouts so far for the Shuckers. In AAA Colorado Springs, Michael Reed continues to tear up the PCL with a 371 average, and Alex Presley's playing well also, hitting 344, two doubles, a triple, a home run. How is super prospect Orlando Arcia doing? Drilled right center field by Arcia, up the gut, all the way to the wall. Presley into third, getting the way from his manager, Rick Sweet. Presley will score. Arcia hits second. He's gunning for third. He'll be in standing with an RBI triple. And it's a one-run game, 3-2 to two, Memphis. Sky Sox announcer Dan Carter on the call. Arcia is hitting a solid 289 in the early going. The Sky Sox are 5-5. Five and five. Double-A Biloxi, the Shuckers are tied for first in the Southern League and sitting at 9-3. Brett Phillips is hitting 326 with a home run. And eight driven in, and we already told you about what Josh Hader is doing. High Brevard County has struggled out of the gate at 3-10, but right-handed pitcher Bubba Derby's impressed with eight and two-thirds innings pitched and just a single run allowed, while Angel Ortega is hitting 347 from his shortstop position. Class A Wisconsin is 5-8, but outfielder David Denson playing very well recently with an OPS of 9-12, and Isan Diaz continues to swing a hot stick. Diaz to left center field and deep! That one's going to get out of here! Isan Diaz with his second home run of the season. That one's off the scoreboard in left center field, and it's 3-1 Wisconsin. Two home runs in the early going for Diaz. Here's what's on tap with the Brewers. Well, a reminder, you can save 50% on tickets during the Brewers' annual five-county, five-day celebration, this five-game homestand that we are about to embark on at Miller Park. Going Wednesday through Sunday, the Brewers squaring off against the Twins and the Phillies. And it is, again, the five-county, five-day celebration, half-price tickets for the crew's interleague matchup against the Twins, which is Wednesday the 20th, Thursday the 21st, and the weekend showdown with the Phillies Friday, Saturday 
and Sunday. A couple of day games in there. Thursday against the Twins at 12:40. Sunday against the Phillies at 110. Again, half price tickets for the entire homestand. You can call 414-902-4000. That's 414-902-4000 or visit brewers.com slash five county. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks to our guests, Kirk Neuenheis and Josh Hader. I'm Lee Riddle. Thanks for listening to Brewers on Tap. Brewers.